who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. Each Monday, I bring you a brand new full-length episode covering something from a wide variety of topics. And then every Friday, come meet up with me again for a mini What's in the News episode so you can stay up to date on everything that's going on in the world. Check out Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And rage on. How is life? It is summertime in the city. I'm pretty sure it's summertime where you're at too. Gearing up for Edinburgh, um, even though I've just been informed that I say Edinburgh incorrectly, so I do apologize if you're from there and I'm mispronouncing the country you are from. I'm working on it. Um, I think we are 47 days out, which is like, honestly, it sounds like a long time, but it's like horrifyingly, rapidly approaching my July is a shit show in the best way possible. Um, getting married to Aaron, finally, right? Thank you, COVID. Um, seven and a half years together, finally getting married. And then Edinburgh, it's wild. Uh, I can't wait, and I'm truly horrified. And we'll see what happens. And hopefully y'all can come. I would love to have you there. If not, I totally get it. It's a different country. But if you are in the area or if you are in the UK, pop on by. Get on a ferry or a plane or a train, however it works. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Um, this episode was really fun and really interesting uh, to record with. My guest today is David Piccolomini and just really fun guy to talk to. He's got an album recording coming up that you can find on his Instagram, which is Comedy D-P-I-C, and then the word comedy called Goblin King, and I'm very excited to listen to it. In this episode, we talk like exclusively about poly and open relationships. Kind of like, I mean, any question I've ever had, like David answers. And I think it's a very informative, very interesting podcast. And I think there's a lot of um, confusion around open relationships and open dating and poly relationships. And I just think it was very informative and it's something that you're looking into or wanting to explore. I think David's a really good uh, person to talk to about that. Not that you should be like, hey, 
via DM be like, I have questions, but just like, I think he's very open about it. And he also has a podcast called Tinder Tales, uh, where I think you can also find some more information about this, but I think you're going to enjoy. And remember, he's got an album recording, Goblin King, coming out very soon. And you can follow him on Instagram at dpick comedy, D-P-I-C, and then comedy, the actual word. And I hope you enjoy. I'm so excited to have you. I feel like I told you years ago I would love to have you and then completely drop the ball. So thank you so much. Turns out there's a whole pandemic. Whole pandemic. And like, I don't know about you, but the pandemic also showed me how much of a shit show I was before the pandemic. <laughs> like, truly. And I was just like, oh, I have so much to work on. And while how awful the pandemic was, I was like, at least I can like work on myself and I think I did I think I definitely got to a better or am at a better spot but like oh like what was specifically like what were you noticing was a mess because I I my life improved dramatically over the pandemic and my joke was just like how shit was my life before this that like a worldwide catastrophe brought everybody just down to my level they're like all right we got to give everybody the minimum (laughs) and I was like holy shit this is what the minimum's been the whole time what have I been living on? I think that that was it too. Cause when I did, I was able to get unemployment plus the extra money. And oh, I was huge. like, Oh my God, this is amazing. But I think I just realized how much I was um, running on empty and for how long I was running on empty. Like I was like, Oh, I've been exhausted <laughs> for years and had no clue and was definitely nope. like unhappy and like with the day job and creatively. And just, it was all like compounding on each other. And then it was, you know, seeping into my friendships and I don't think it really affected my relationship because with Aaron but I definitely I think definitely being better for myself definitely makes the relationship better too but like oh I was just like not a good friend not good to myself you're not not draining him you're not draining him because you're exhausted and so you're not you're just you're adding as opposed to taking yeah all the time (laughs) which is not not bad like you know I mean every relationship should be give and take oh yeah yeah But, but if you're not like as someone who has been like exhausted that's why i'm like eh, part of the, the benefit of being non-monogamous is it's like oh when i'm really upset instead of taking one person and being like i need all of your energy right now it's like four people being like here i can help this way <laughs> I'm like this is the best speaking of non-monogamous what do you think is like the biggest misconception about being how reckless i think people think it is mm, okay because people assume uh, people are cheating People assume people are just fucking all the time, anyone, everyone, all, any chance they can get. And sure, that is me, but that's not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but like the amount of communication and stuff, it, it, like it's, it's almost a joke. It's, it's the stereotype at this point of like, yeah, no, it's mostly just talking. We're just talking all the time, but I like, it's really fun <laughs> to do. And it's, I, I don't like, I like dating still. I think you're the only person I know that likes to date. Like my last episode was literally just like, or last person I recorded with, I don't know if it's going to be the last episode, was like, it's just so bad. And I'm hearing all these horror stories as of late. Well, so there's there's both though. Like, because yeah, sometimes dates are bad. <laughs> that happens. Also, people aren't great at it. Mm. And it, like, it takes a lot to be a great dater. You have to be like very engaged, pay a lot of attention to what, and so a lot of guys aren't great at it either. And yeah, I was about uh, to say, like, of course, no, but that's like a lot of women aren't great at dating either. They just, it's a different thing where it's kind of like sex 
if they're not great at it, you can kind of just take the reins and be like, okay, I'll just run the whole show if that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, yeah, like you were saying with, like, Aaron, like, relationships have to be give and take. So does the dating for it to, like, be yes. fun and be interesting. Oh, man. The, men and women both have to do this where we just were the ones talking. And we're like, okay, you're not going to give anything here. Are you done? Mm-hmm. I think really when you get good at dating, it's you learn how to really extend the fun dates and really shorten the bad ones. See, I, Don't give people three chances in a night. See, I was never good at ending the bad dates because I was too polite. Way too polite. One of the best dates I ever went on was 20 minutes. Her and I, we, we met up. We talked for 20 minutes. And I was like, yeah, I don't think you're, I'm not really feeling this. I don't think you're really feeling this. Is it cool if we just call it? And she was like, yeah, that's great. And we just ended it. And I felt the amount of relief. I was like, we didn't spend two hours and three drinks trying to figure out if there is any connection at all we could kind of tenuously build. How did you know? I feel like I don't know that soon. I'm like, yeah, let me, let me see. Really? I've heard, oh, I've watched in women's eyes, like the moment they meet me, either be like, I'm going to fuck you or I'm not going to fuck you. Like that moment, but like, um, like three minutes into the day, I kind of have an idea. Not always. Wow, that's impressive. I've had that. I've had that. I've heard that from women where they just kind of go at it and you've already talked a little bit. Mm. That's why I love online dating is because you can, you can have your first date kind of online and then meet up and see if the chemistry is also good. Yeah. And I think that's what always tripped me up was because. I like personally, I'm great via text. I'm great online. Yes. That's what we talked about in your episode of Tinder. Yes. Where I constantly ghosted everyone uh, before ghosting became a thing. But face pioneer, (laughs) just pioneer, just paving the way. Oh, God. Pioneer. I mean, a lot of ghosts around. (laughs) (laughs) But like face to face, I'm really awkward at first. Like dating, meeting anyone new, not even like platonic, not platonic. I'm very like. One on one. It just takes you a second to warm up. Yeah, groups. I'm I I'm great. Three three and more. <laughs> amazing. One on one. I lose my shit and I'm just like everything I'm doing is making this person feel so uncomfortable. And then I just like stop talking, <laughs> and so I become like this self fulfilling prophecy. I think I've gotten better with age, but like oh my god, when I was younger, holy shit, it was so bad. Like oh yeah, it's it's you have to be comfortable with yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I definitely wasn't. And if you're not, yeah, then you're you're trying to like pull off of these people that you don't know, but you can't really pull off them yet because you don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is very insightful. You're absolutely right. For like non-monogamy, if anyone's going from monogamous to to poly or open or any other iteration, what would be in your mind like the best advice? You have to be unafraid to be vulnerable. Okay. That is the biggest advice because like uh, any pro- a lot of problems I've dealt with either with people who I was seeing or like their other partner or something, especially right now, non-monogamy is having a big moment. And I think it's partially because of the pandemic mm-hmm. because everybody was just trapped in their house with their partners for two years. And they're like, you know what? I definitely love you. I can go fuck someone else. This is not going to be a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. And I think there's also like so many misconceptions with it and so many. Oh, oh, what's the word I want? Not vulnerability because I think you're right. But I think they people forget how much like communication you have to have. Huge. You also have to be relatively emotionally settled with yourself Mm. or else it doesn't work. Because then, I mean, people also don't talk about that, but like new relationship energy is tough on your partner 
it's all like new relationship energy is this feeling where like when you meet someone new and you're really excited about seeing them and it's like it's not love but it's the thing your brain does to trick you into having a baby too quick so that we could, could survive as a species uh, <laughs> where it's like i can spend the rest of my life with you i know it's been three months but like this is insane uh and then you know it mellows out after time but new relationship energy is very tough on your partner because watching someone you love fall in love with someone else ever especially if you're coming from a monogamous standpoint you know everything's based in monogamy for you you watch it and you go well this is how they leave me oh because wow. uh, every single insecurity gets projected out oh wow i never even thought of that and so like what do you do how do you combat that with like your current partner so uh it's uh it's a thing of like one you talk and you talk and you talk some more and then it's the thing of uh, jealousy. Have you ever heard the, uh, I forget who said it, but it, jealousy is just uh, insecurity manifesting. I think I have heard that, yeah. And it's basically when you get jealous, all that's happening is you're looking at them and going, well, I don't have that. How come I, it's because I'm not enough. It's because I can't do this, that this person's having this experience and it's because I'm not good enough. If I was better, they this wouldn't happen. I literally was thinking that today on Instagram, looking at other comedians like shows. Like that's literally the thought I was having. I was like, oh, I'm just not enough yet. I'm just not good enough. Wow. Oh, just this is cathartic already. We're like five minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Should I mention I did mushrooms before? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so are you currently with someone right now, like in a partnership? So I'm in uh, a variety of things right now. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I, for several months, I slowed down, like for a while, honestly, it might be six, eight months. I was really, I slowed down a lot. Like, and then I looked at what slowing down meant for me. And it was just, I was seeing the same, like four or five people. I could never balance that. Oh my God. It's, well, because so like no judgment. I'm impressed. I, yeah, I didn't take so far. None, none of the, uh, as someone who is really uh, a younger me, there's a you can find it somewhere probably. But there's a there's a podcast with me having a full meltdown over someone being real rude about polyamory. Oh no, I'm so sorry. It's fine. It, this, I'm laughing about it. It's fine. It was it, honestly, it may have been longer than five years ago at this point. It was a while ago, and it wasn't a podcast about it. It just came up at the end, and then 40 more minutes of podcast went by. <laughs> And like, um, my ex listened to it, uh, my girlfriend at the time. And she was just like, yeah, you don't sound good on this either. <laughs> She's rude, but you also don't sound great because you're mad. Oh no. Like, yeah. yeah. You're probably getting defensive and just like mad because they're not like listening. I don't get it. Like, how come like, you just don't want someone special of your own? Oh my God. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> and I was like, I saw red and got real shitty. <laughs> No, I don't blame you at all. I do, but that's a whole other. Um, <laughs> it's weird. I so I have a part. I have a partner who's like my girlfriend. We're really close and everything. Obviously, we're uh, about to hit a year, but she lives in Denver and is married. We met after a show. Oh, I love that. And then, and we started talking talking on Instagram, and now we talk literally every day on Instagram, uh, and have uh, I think we've missed a total like maybe four or five days. Oh wow! Aww. It's kind of insane. Uh, and we just send these, like, we uh, we call it the tome. And uh, we send these just long messages to each other. And uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but June is our year. And uh, for our anniversary present, I I took all that Instagram. There's a service you can use. I don't remember the name of the place, but you can upload your Instagram chat and they'll turn it into a book. Oh my God, that's so cool. That's so sweet. So it's literally, it's going to be like a 600 page literal tome 
that I'm going to give her. Oh, my God. Oh, she'll love it. And it's it's really funny, though, because in that there's everything. And I was like, how do I edit this? So like she can if she wants to show this to people. And I was and so it's like, well, first, I got to take out nudity because uh, obviously there are plenty of nudes uh, in that chat where it's long distance. Of course, there are you got to. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, oh, I got to take out all the nudes. And I'm like, do I take out the sex take? Because there's not a lot of it mm-hmm. in there, but there's enough. And it like, especially when uh, it was really like we, it's the longest I actually like went on dates with someone without ever initiating any physical contact because like it's, they were, they're new to non-monogamy. Like she's done other stuff, but they've mostly had only done like threesomes and everything. Mm-hmm. And so then she is like, we just have this connection immediately, but it was like, we couldn't do anything about it because we didn't know what the boundaries were yet for each other. Yeah. Uh, with her and her husband. So like, cause I'm still, tra- I was still trying to be respectful of all of that. And like, literally like we went, cause I would just be back in Denver doing shows. So we would see each other. And then like, she like put her hand on my chest and like, I got like half hard from that. It was like the tension was so oh God, I bet. thick that we couldn't. But then as soon as uh, she stopped seeing this other guy that they would have uh, experiences with, uh, it was like, oh, I've got the go ahead now. And then I got very horny for like a very solid month of just like nothing, like just lots of sex taking all this. I love it. And I was like, do I take that out of the book or do I just content warning it? Like, do I go like, hey, guys, uh, don't read this part unless you want to be. It's gonna, It's pretty horny for like this month. You could skip to December. It, it gets less horny. Yeah, because I guess they don't have to like edit it, right? Like they don't have to like go through everything. They just kind of have to, you know, take it from Instagram to book to a different like medium. Yeah, yeah. They don't. I'm not hiring a curator. And then I realized I was like, oh, no, this is an Instagram conversation. This is never meant to be seen by public. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. And I was like, oh, so this is just a private gift for her. And then she can show people sections of it the same way you'd show someone texts. And I was like, leave it all in. Also, it was 600 pages. It would take me a month to edit. I, that was the other question I had. I was like, how would you go through that? Like, that's so much. It took me like two hours to get rid of all that because it kept every time someone liked a post or liked a uh, message. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go through and delete all of those because they don't make sense. It just says... Like, liked message, you know, yeah. Like, David liked a message, but... It wasn't the last message. It was the message before. It's just when the light came in. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That's so sweet. I love that. Okay, so this is your main partner. And then you're yes. dating or seeing. I'm not sure what the correct term would be. Like dating, seeing. So, so it, de- it depends on the person, mm-hmm. I would say. So uh, for a little while, I was, I would say, like, I, I guess my general philosophy is I don't see why sex is a, the line that we draw. Sex is the barrier. Sex is the line. And I feel like it has a lot to do with, like, I call it the Disneyfication of relationships where everybody it's like when you meet your soulmate, you know, and that's the only person you want to have sex with forever mm-hmm. because that's how life works. And it's like, yeah, I don't know why we're being precious. It's sex is just a, one of the most fun activities you can do with someone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if there's trust and communication and really good chemistry, it's way better for sure. But oh, in the same way, eating a meal by yourself or with someone you don't, like that much versus eating a meal with somebody you have great chemistry with is going to be way better. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. Like, uh, yeah, food and sex, you can really, uh, if the analogies haven't been done to death, they're really, they're all right there. I just think of that Seinfeld episode where um, George is trying to eat a sandwich while having sex at the same time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it sounds good in theory, but, and I, 
no. food and sex can go great, but it's like, I don't know if the Reuben's going to work, George. Chew- chewing is a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, chewing while trying to heavy breathe. Got to get a little slurp. Someone once, I don't remember, oh, it was on Calvin Cato's show, the show that he was doing on um, uh, Rush Ticks. I was on with. Yeah, I was I was the first straight white man on that show. Ooh. <laughs> Breaking boundaries. Look at you. <laughs> Someone was talking about using honey, and I was like, why would you use honey? Like, it's so thick and you can't, like, it's not easily cleanable. You're like, I've done it all the time. No, I haven't. But I was I was thinking it, actually warm honey would probably be because you get kind of the hot wax thing going. Mm, that's a good a good point. This person was straight and I'm pretty sure it was just like cold, like hard honey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're picturing his like, it's still got, it's like when you have honey out for too long, it's got the sugar crystals in the mm-hmm, bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, just sandpapery honey lube. Oh, no, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Just put a little drop of honey on your clit and be like, you can't leave until this is completely cleaned up. Now, see, that would be all right. I'd be okay with that. Like a dog with peanut butter. Just like, yeah. <laughs> we all heard that one rumor about that one person. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's the stereotype. I'm like, yeah, they fucked a dog. You didn't hear it? Yeah, every high school had one person that fucked an animal hypothetically <laughs> i wonder if there ever has been i mean there's gotta be but yeah it is yes. so weird that it's like every high school has this i don't know if you've been on the internet <laughs> <laughs> that is very true it's like don't talk to kevin he fingered his cat like it's not even like it's not always like head sex with a dog it's just they, they did something to an animal and either they did it and told the one friend they trusted and they told everyone <laughs> Oh my God. Wait, how do we get here? I love it. But I can't remember how we got here. Uh, oh, partners. Oh, sex. Per- sex. Uh, dating. So yes. So the way I look like, uh, so there are people who I'm just really good friends with that, uh, especially if they don't feel that they're non-monogamous at their core, but they're like, oh, it's still really fun to have sex with you when I'm not dating anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I've been that person before. It's like, I know the other person and I not, and I'm not against non poly or like non monogamy, but I've definitely been the person where it's like, oh, you're in New York, we're having sex when I'm single. If I'm starting to see someone, we'll probably have to like shut this down while they have like other partners too. Yes, uh, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Is that kind of like feel? It. But it's but like uh, one of them. This is funny because she was trying to figure out how to describe it because we've been friends for two years. We did meet from a date. We met from an app. And like we're hooking up originally and then stopped hooking up, but still kind of remained in contact. Mm, okay. And now, and then over the last one, we've just gotten like much closer. And, but we are, it's, there is a weird delineation where we are just clearly pretty good friends. Like we're really good friends to the point where apparently her and her friends are referring to me as bestie. They're like, how's bestie? I was like, somehow that's so much worse than friends with benefits. <laughs> Like, it makes me laugh because our dynamic is very bantery and, like, kind of giving each other shit. So it's, like, it's funny in that way. But, like, I can't imagine if you were, like, fucking somebody, you're, like, give it to me, bestie. Oh, yeah. it. This isn't going to make any sense to you, but I work in customer service. And we have to, like, leave notes in, like, the program after we've talked to the customer on the phone. And there's one person that refers to customer. So usually you'll say, like, customer canceled account. One person yeah. refers to customers as custies. And it's the most disgusting <laughs> thing. And I'll be like, Custy did this. Custy did that. And it just sounds like crusty. And I always think of like crusty cum. Every time I see a note from this agent. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And so when you said bestie, I immediately thought of Custy. And then and like crusty cum. <laughs> Custy's worse. Because it just kind of also sounds like custard. Also, it's implying this like very uh, emotionally deep relationship. 
with, like, or at least like um, it's informal and like what's the like the Spanish like informal mm. like how they have all the different pronoun like tight or all the different conjugations it feels like it's like oh this is like a close friend of mine this is Deborah she's a custy <laughs> like yeah it's like, you don't know this person like yeah <laughs> you don't know or care about this person <laughs> Yeah. But you know what? Here's actually, you know what? I'm not going to yuck their yum because that's probably one of the things that gets them through their day. You know what? You're right. And I won't. I won't yuck their yum too. Customer service sucks. Oh, it's it's the worst. It's the worst. It is the worst. Okay. So, like, that's kind of, and like, uh, like, there's a comic that I'm uh, friends with that, like, it's like when they're seeing someone, it's like we're still friends and stuff. But it's, mm-hmm. so it's like, uh, there was this like weird sweet spot where it was just like, five people like i'm trying to oh two were romantic uh two were very friendly and one was kind of weird and stopped happening but uh the the proximity that's uh like too (laughs) physically close or too physically far away when you say proximity no one was one was just they were very close by there was proximity oh oh gotcha 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 okay gotcha so, yeah, uh, there were two people where it was, like, definitely more of dating romantic. Mm-hmm. I've also just, in general, started seeing a lot of wives, and that's the best. Oh, why? So, there's not the internal pressure of where is this going. Ah, because they already have, like, their, their, like, flagship store. Like, they have... Yeah. Okay. They've already figured it out, and you can still have very strong emotional close moments with these people uh like and like in the way like i uh, in denver like that is a incredibly uh strong emotional relationship she just also has a husband and but it grew out of time out of us just really connecting and going Mm -hmm. a fun fact her and i have the the same birthday we're one year apart exactly oh wow the exact same birthday it's really Damn, that feels like a sign. Does it help too that they are in um, a different state? It probably helps uh, her husband, but uh, mm, mm-hmm. that's a good point. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it helps or her. I mean, obviously, it would love for if they moved to New York or whatever, we'd still spend a lot of time together. Uh, it does help keep a boundary, so to speak. Like, hey, well, this is uh, there's only so much we could do. You live in Denver, yeah. And I feel like that for me, I think that would be the hardest part with like multiple partners would be having um, because boundaries already are so hard to enact. And then um, it's already so hard to respect your own boundaries and then someone else's boundaries um, in just like work, platonic, one relationship. So then adding extra people, I feel like that would become overwhelming for me. And so if you jump to where I'm at Mm -hmm. right now, it would be. A hundred percent. But I didn't start here. I've been non-monogamous since I was 22. Ah, okay. You slowly build up. Okay. So you, it's like anything else. You just like, if I show, like if I made a three course meal, you'd be like, I can never do this. It's like, well, yeah, if you, if you don't cook very often, this would be very difficult to do. Yeah. Okay. But if you can, but if you work, if you slowly, you like, you learn how to make pasta and then you learn how to make like your own sauce then you build your own stuff and then suddenly it's like oh this is like a lot of this stuff and you know obviously i'm not perfect we all everybody fucks up everybody does like but you just i i try and hold myself accountable to like to always try and be improving on what i'm doing yeah and and if you're constantly meeting new people and dating new people it it kind of 
you can kind of create the reflection of what you would see or what the other person sees in you and everything and kind of get, if you have like several mirror data points, you could almost kind of like have a better sense of who you are. Yeah, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. Are there any, is there ever any time where you're like, you're, you meet someone that they're like, I'm non-monogamous, but you're kind of like throwing shade at them and you're like, no, you're not. You're just like trying to cheat. There are, I mean, there have been people that are, uh, I mean, there are people that definitely don't do any of the work and you see it mm -hmm. pretty immediately. And then you go, you're, it's not even that you're, they're trying to cheat. It's that they want to have sex with other people and they don't know how to break out of the system they're in. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it Also, more guys lie about being non-monogamous than women, for sure. Uh, guys are way more likely to be like, oh yeah, I'm non-monogamous. That's why I didn't tell you about my girlfriend. And I think that's why non-monogamy has such a bad rep with a lot of... <laughs> more, more so women because like i do i have a lot of friends where it's like they were cheated on and then that that partner was like well yeah because you know like what you just said i'm non-monogamous or like oh yeah i did this but it's because i want to be open but that conversation was never like breached like it was never talked about until the the act happened afterward so the thing is and i that is true that definitely exists and it's people not doing the work or not doing it correctly because a lot of times they're not communicating that's really the key mm -hmm is communication and it's the thing is about that though how many fucking crazy toxic behaviors are in monogamous relationships serial monogamous exhibit some of the most toxic behaviors i've ever seen mm -hmm. like where you're screaming at each other in the street crying outside of a bar and then you're like and then you break up with them you're like i'm such an idiot i don't know why i dated him and then you date troy next and it's the same thing you didn't learn anything you didn't grow from it but why is monogamy not given that same treatment of like but it's it's bad yeah and like like when people people go out of bad breakups they get a little slutty or something maybe but they don't just go to non-monogamy yeah in the same way when people are in bad non-monogamous situations they don't they just go to a different they go to a different non-monogamous relationship yeah Oh man, yeah, monogamy has so many issues. And like the everyone always says, and I have said this myself, like, oh, I don't know if I could do non-monogamy because, you know, I've uh have have had trust issues in the past. And then someone very like wisely said to me, but there's trust issues in monogamy. Like there's jealousy anywhere. Yeah, trust issues are those are just issues. Yeah. Those are those are on you. You have to deal with them no matter what. Because is is your partner ever going to talk to another girl ever mm -hmm. at any point? Not even sexually, mm -hmm. just at any point going to talk to a girl. If you have trust issues and they're bad, that'll cause a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And just being open about that. Like, yeah. Will you flirt? Because flirting is fun and doesn't mean anything. Like, and I think it like goes right back down to boundaries and communication and just so much communication. Like if you trust your partner, it goes so much because that's at the end of the day, like uh, I when people cheat or something, um, most relationships actually don't break up from cheating. It's uh, prolonged cheating or extended a uh, different. It's like extended circumstances. But like you just cheat once. Most of the time it doesn't break up a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me and Aaron have talked about that, too, of like if if that did happen, like one of us cheated. And I've wondered that, like, would. What if it was that one time, if it was that sex in the city, Steve had sex that one time, would we be okay? And I think a lot of times the answer is, yeah, like, okay, because people make mistakes. Because you're, you're weighing, you know, six years versus one night. Like, you mm -hmm. know, like, what do you even like? That's a crazy odd for 
pretty like uh what is meaning what is usually meaningless sex it's not like if it's a one night thing it's not like it's been like a build up with a coworker for you know and you're having a full on affair mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like what what is this yeah one night emotional affair things like that yeah totally totally get that but well that's uh, it's, uh, it's always a funny thing when like people are like uh like that don't you want someone special or stuff like that it's like I want a lot of special people. I don't know why, like, why would I limit myself to like one amazing person when there are all these amazing people out in the world Yeah, that I can meet and get to know and they'll make my life better and I'll make their life better. Then why would we not do that? Yeah. Like the whole idea of like a soulmate, I don't believe in soulmates at all. I think that's ridiculous. There's too, like you, like you literally just said, there's way too many cool people out there. Also like, who wants to think about the idea that your soulmate has died? You like you have to believe if you believe in a soulmate, you kind of have to believe in religion because then you have to believe someone's organizing this. Ooh, ew. And then yeah, what if they like die early and then you're like alone for the rest of your life? Like, no, like I thought I knew what love is when I met Deborah, but now that I've met Sandra, now I truly understand. <laughs> you hear that all the time. And it's like, no, you just have a strong emotional attachment to multiple people and that's okay so normal yeah oh man where (laughs) did that start where it's like you must only marry one person be with them for the rest of your lives marry young Uh, all that shit. so the 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 thought is uh so sex at dawn talks a lot about this and there's been disputes about it but i i like it as an explanation so i use it uh which is uh agrarian society is where it started once we figured out agriculture because you'd work all day and night creating this farm and then it just goes to the people after you die. No, it's got to go to my son. I worked real hard to get my son this. And uh, you had to have monogamy enforced at that point because uh, who knew who the fuck's kid it was if everybody's kind, like not everybody's fucking and sucking, but like uh, there's enough non. Oh yeah. So it's like, whose kid is this? Is this my kid? Did I, I worked really hard so that my genetics could survive longer. And you're going to tell me that uh, now I'm just going to give it up to some kid that belongs to fucking Steve. No, you're not. Yeah. So it, it became, well, I'm in charge and this is my property and this woman's my property and these children are my property. So they can inherit my property. Oh, I hate this so much, but I do. This sounds very like this story checks out like this. This makes a lot of sense. Ugh. I hate this. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Monogamy is uh, the patriarchy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And like as someone that I do, you know, I am monogamous right now and I do very much have a good time in it. It is sometimes frustrating to be like, uh, but like. We- yeah, I also participate in capitalism. Like it doesn't mean it. I love it. It just is like is. what works best, right? <laughs> what what my situation is and what works best for me. Yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> Making me feel better left and right. <laughs> are you for your one year anniversary, are you uh going out to Denver? He's She's flying out here. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, she's flying to New York, which, uh, yeah, she's done a trip before, and so she's coming. She's coming for like we're gonna spend like five days in New York together, do a bunch of different. Because she came one time, but it was very last minute, and uh, her husband wasn't really doing. Not he wasn't. My thought is he is a hot wife king. Mm, um, okay. So he get like he gets off on watching his wife get off, but it's not like I'm bless her it's like my wife's fucking hot it's crazy that i'm the only one who gets to be with her okay this should be hot wife it's like sex positive cucking which also if you're into cucking yeah i was gonna say is it like kind of like cucking okay 
it's sex positive cucking. It's 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 all done from a more positive mind frame, which also like there's places there's plenty of se- uh, shame and sex. That's great if that's what you're into. Mm-hmm. Do a cuckold thing. I think I'd be. A, I've never actually gotten to be a bull like that for like a cuckold thing. And I think it'd be great at it because I'm five seven and I have a big dick, which is way more emasculating <laughs> than like a six foot five ripped dude. Mm-hmm. If I can get her to make the same noises you think that guy should be able to make, that's way more humiliating. <laughs> Give Dave the opportunity <laughs> to be a bull. Look, I'm gonna come in a button down. You're not gonna expect it. <laughs> I'm gonna have on khakis. <laughs> I'm gonna eat your girl. I'm gonna eat your wife out in slacks. <laughs> I'm gonna keep the socks on the whole time. Uh, I was gonna say dress shoes. Dress shoes stay on while we fuck. <laughs> Loafers stay on. Oh my god, I love this. <laughs> but uh, so like. He's he was more into that, but then uh, as our relationship started growing over the year, he started like being like, "Oh, I kind of want something like that." And then he met someone, or he started he like hit up an old fling from like forever ago, like one of those like it just never happened mm-hmm. kind of people. And then he like flew, he like last minute did a trip to New Orleans, and she was like, "This isn't fair. This is not. You got to communicate." He's like, "I'll make a deal with you. You can fly out and see Dave this weekend." So okay. She called me and she's like. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, I can cancel plans. Yeah, come come to New York. Oh. So it was very last minute. We didn't get, we like, we did some stuff that we got wanted to do, but like, we, I was like, oh, I was also in the middle of like about, I was moving at the end of the month. It was oh, wow. insane. Yeah, half the stuff wasn't in the apartment anymore. <laughs> it was, oh my goodness. It was last minute. Yeah, it was insane. I was like, this is not a great time, but yeah, come show up. Uh, you might have to help me pack some things. <laughs> What happens when like, so, okay, so say this happened again, right? Like it was a very last minute trip. She's like, I can come in, um, but you have plans with another person that you normally see. How does like, how does that communication work? So it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a, it's a first date. Hey, uh, I had a last minute thing happen. I'm not giving details because I don't need to be, I, I don't need to tell you everything about my life yet. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I like you. Uh, you know <laughs> But if it's uh, someone I've been seeing for a while or like uh, that, that did happen actually with that last minute one. Like I was I was supposed to uh, see someone and I was like, hey, uh, my partner from Denver last minute just got the ability to come in. She's like, yeah, I totally understand. Like, yeah, that's a priority. It's rare that this gets to happen. So for some in New York, I'm not going to be offended by that. Oh, cool. Uh, as long as there's good communication about it. And like one of uh, the best, the person who refers to me as best, he wants to meet uh, her Denver now that... Uh, she's coming again. She's like, yeah, she seems great. I would love to meet her and hang out. But like, I don't think it's like, it truly doesn't seem like it's going to be like a threesome situation or anything, but it is like a thing where it's like, oh, but we could all just hang out. And because the one person's, our relationship is rooted in friendship Mm -hmm. as opposed to it's not romantic. Like it is like, we really do care about each other, Mm -hmm. but it is like a very close friend at this point. Yeah. Like it's more like on the scale, it's friend first before like yeah it's just the idea that why wouldn't we have sex when we have good sex together Mm -hmm. like there's no reason for us not to other than some vague idea of but but your husband might get mad in the future she's not married uh just in general like like don't you have to like some puritanical shit like so it's like oh yeah but because there's no because it's not like neither of us is pining for more it really is great Sex kind of reminds me of, I don't know if it's going to make sense. I'm kind of working it out as I say it out loud to you. Go for it. Those are the best. The the concept of sex kind of reminds me of like the concept of God 
in this in the sense that like um because i don't believe in god in the sense that we can never (laughs) fully understand what they are capable of like that whole like like i was raised catholic so there's like you know the father son holy spirit same three people same person and you're like wait what they're everywhere it's like oh the fucking um is it dr manhattan from watchmen Oh, it's like the unstuck in time of him. Yeah, like he's everywhere at once, right? Like, yeah. And I kind of feel like the concept of sex can be seen like that, or like at least it reminds me of that. Of just like it can be all these things at once, I guess, which I guess isn't that unheard of <laughs> now that I'm saying it out loud. But we get so stuck as like this is this, like it could only be X, Y, and Z. Well, it's uh, uh people treat sex as sacred, mm-hmm. which it can be. Mm-hmm. You can have mind-blowing incredible sacred you know like quote-unquote holy sex Mm -hmm. you can have that crazy level where everything is just firing on cylinders and you see heaven or whatever like Mm -hmm. but also it can just be pretty fun Mm -hmm. oh yeah it doesn't it doesn't have like if, if both people know what they're doing then you're comfortable with each other everybody's gonna orgasm and have a good time oh yeah it's just uh, the problem is when like you get into the place where the needs are mismatched or and then people are using other people, which sucks. But it's also it, a lot of times comes from a place of like people have a set idea in their head of what things should be instead of being open to the idea of what could happen. Yeah. Or like what what is around like it's like if we have sex on the first date. You're never going to want to talk to me again because I had sex with the guy on the first date and then he didn't talk to me. It's like, yeah, that guy wasn't going to talk to you on the third date if you had sex on the third date, but he would have lasted until then, probably. It's more, it's way more of a betrayal if you wait till like the third or fourth date to have sex and then they stop talking to you because- You've like invested now. Like you're, this feels like a, not like a future, but there's something building for sure. But it is all these, like, I remember being told by like my mom, like you don't want to give up uh what was it she was like my brother said he's older than me he's like why why buy the cow if you can get the milk for free all that bullshit. yeah or like you don't want to be known he's i think it was you don't want to be known as the girl with peanut butter legs like they they slide open easily or something and i was like i okay i think i was like 14 (laughs) or 13 when they told me that what in the west virginia did you grow up i grew up in virginia like i grew i am from the south i just i just very much hide my southern accent I'll wrap peanut butter legs. I, yeah. I think that's what it was. <laughs> Just slide right open. I'm seeing him this weekend. I'll ask my brother if he remembers what he said. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's a great way to get a dog to lick your clit, apparently. <laughs> As we've been told by that one friend. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have peanut butter legs. <laughs> Otherwise, the dogs will get in there. <laughs> now I'm seeing where the dog came in in this rumor. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh. But you're taught all this, like, you're taught all this shit, especially as a girl. Like, you are not supposed to do all this stuff. Like, you're such a whore if you do. That I remember I waited a long time to have sex just because I was afraid of having a baby. I was very afraid of getting pregnant because yeah, yeah. my mom, like, totally lied to me about birth control and, like, its effectiveness. Uh, part two. <laughs> part two. Um, so I waited. But I also very much did not want to have sex with someone that I loved. I was, like, I see all these people that, like, had sex with their high school love, and then, like, they're immediately left when they, like, you know, go to different colleges or, like, you know, go live their lives and, like, grow up. Um, So I was, like, no, I can't. And it was, to this day, one of the best decisions of my life. Like, I think of that guy fondly <laughs> and the blood all over the stairs from when I, like, you know, pop my cherry. And it's a great, fun, stupid story. 
And I hope that person's doing well. Like, I have no hard feelings. Like, he didn't break my heart in any way. I don't think I broke his heart in any way. No, it was just a fun experience. Yeah. And you think of the memory fondly because it was like, I'm having fun losing my virginity. Yes, exactly. And it was like you said, it's just like sex can just be a fun thing. And that's like how I wanted to go into it. It was like, I just want it to be a fun thing. I don't want it to like mean anything. Well, because like people forget also that like people try and replace romance and passion with technique also mm. and you can have be having the most passionate sex but if no one is like if no one knows like to touch a clit or like where or like good erogenous zones to hit in the middle of it like fucking bite the lobe of her ear or, like the nape of her neck while you're fucking her. like you know what I mean? like do like like no one know like if you don't if you're not invested in the technique of like what you're doing everybody because sex does come naturally like in terms of putting a thing in a thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. But it doesn't like, but everything else around that, it's like, yeah, you know how much better your sex will be if you unpassionately had sex with 18 more people and learned exactly what you're into and what you like. Oh God. The first time a guy went down on me, I did not know what the clip was or what this was supposed to feel like. And the guy definitely didn't either. And I faked, I was faking so badly that I hyperventilated and like lost control <laughs> of my hands. Because you can, like, your hands can go, like, paralyzed and numb. And so I literally, like, my arm, my hand was like this. I had to, like, tap his head and be like, you got to stop. And he thought he was killing it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because you're going crazy. And then at the end of it, he went down on you so hard your hands didn't work in his head. Oh, no. He was freaked out. I don't think he thought it was oh, okay. good. No? But he definitely, while okay. I was faking it, thought I was do he was doing a great job. For sure. Which, again, very bad communication on my part. Like, I was like, this yeah. is weird. I don't know what's happening. None of this feels good. If you don't know anything about it, how are you supposed to learn anything? You weren't, like, you got to go, like, you know, fuck, like a... 25 year old who's you know read one book uh, <laughs> who's seen some shit who watched american yeah. pie that one like that one scene fuck a 25 year old who fucked a 32 year old so that she was like here you have to hit this spot you're like right now i know there uh, you go oh yeah i thought oh god faking oh by the way i grew up super religious too oh i grew up like evangelical baptist Ooh, my dad's side southern baptist and oh my god Ooh, yeah homeschool homeschool co-op i went to school in a church basement until i was 13 oh my god that makes me so sad that's what's so funny about all the like uh like uh non-monogamy and stuff it's just like turns out if you pull the rubber band if you stretch the rubber band too far it just snaps and goes way the other direction oh yeah like thinking of like the sex ed we had in catholic school which was literally a nun saying you should become a nun and never ever touch yourself like oh and thinking of the people in that uh, class now just like thank god like we got away from it no it's it's so like two people from that class have uh died either by suicide or overdose like in a class of 13 oh my god i'm so like, sorry it's insane it's i mean but it's it's the harmful effects of like oppressive religion in that people don't feel like they can be themselves mm -hmm. in a real way and then they're lost and if they don't have any kind of support system or anything yeah you have to just go out and like deal you like i like think about like a lot of like stuff like just learning a lot of lessons from like my dad and stuff and the way he handled everything like in his life it's real it's just been garbage and like that it's like oh i have some of that in me for sure that has to exist in me because mm -hmm. it raising me and all this other stuff but it's like but how do i consciously know that and then 
uh, either and learn how to communicate so that it's not doing this or be non-monogamous. So I'm not just like sitting there in a monogamous relationship being like, how do I fucking cheat all the time? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I don't feel like, like, yeah, once you, once you start like having the thought of like, why does it matter who I have sex with as long as it's not hurting anyone? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're just like, oh, it's yeah. You're like, oh, now it's, it's really, I think it'd be pretty impossible for me to go back to monogamy at this point. Are your um, parents aware that you're not monogamous? Yeah. So I brought a date to, oh, actually the first married person I ever, uh, I brought her as a date to my brother's wedding. (gasps) And they're like, who, so who is that? What's going on there? And I was like, well, we're dating. That's my partner. Uh, That I was like, also she's married. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. And he knows. I was like, yep. She's like, and it's okay. I was like, yep. She's like, okay, I guess. Uh, and then got used to it. And then my brother actually in 2019 came out as Polly. Amazing. So him and his wife have like a live-in boyfriend and like they, they're all, all three of them are like co-parenting a, a child together and he's got another girlfriend now. And it's been funny to watch that because they're, we're way more publicly Polly than I mm-hmm. am in terms of, yeah, as I'm talking about it on a podcast, but it's more obvious because they're married and there's another guy around. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, that's very they're, vulnerable. That's hard. Yeah, they they really they're doing it in Delaware. They're they're getting it done. They like honestly, it's so funny because outside of him, they just literally it's like a, they got a house and like a dog, and they're just like living a very what appears to be normal life, except for this one anomaly. Which in that case, it's still a pretty normal life, right? Yeah, it's like why should there be this only one like uh, formula for normal life? I'm impressed by your parents though, especially, you know, parents raised by that type of religion, I feel like really don't get out of it in a way that like their children do. So what's nice is my mom didn't grow up in religion. My mom grew up in like just a bad, rough situation, Okay, found religion at 16 and was like a set of rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, some guidelines. I, I lack structure in my life, which is what or, all organized religion is essentially. It's rules for a time when you had to be the only way to be smart was to be like, God told me to do this. <laughs> like, like you couldn't control a guy who's like, why don't I just kill you if you're telling me what to do? It'd be like, because you'll go to bad place. I don't. <laughs> you'll go to bad place. <laughs> and you really want to trust? You want to like, you're going to tell me you see everything out here in this world and uh, there's no God? You really want to you, you believe that that much? Uh, that's why, like in Judaism, you can't eat shellfish or pigs because at the time they would kill you because they didn't know how to prepare them properly. I don't know that. Yeah, so that's they're unclean animals in that you would cook them, and because we don't cook pork, you know, as fully, you get like botulism. Yeah, and that'll kill you in biblical times. Shrimp, same deal. If you don't prepare them properly, or it's like a bad stream or whatever. Damn. You a, yeah, that's why those things are like it's it's all based around. That's why Exodus has like like twenty rules about slave ownership. Wow, I blocked everything in the Bible out like the moment I got to college. Like I don't remember like anything. Oh, I I was on like Bible team. I was like deeper deeply religious till I was like uh like twenty one is when I went atheist. But up until that point, like my mind was just contorting to like maneuver it in these weird like gymnastics where I became like a Calvinist for a while, which is like 
everything's already written. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to happen exactly as God has already planned it. That's like the Calvinism philosophy. And there's a book and your name's in it or it's not. And that everything's already decided. I was like a psychopath, 19 year old being like, how's it going? I was like, according to plan, it was... That's going to be my new way that I, that I respond to how's it going according to plan. It's all going according, according to plan. <laughs> Honestly, now way cooler. If you're not in a weird psycho religious state about it, according to plan is awesome. That's so cool. But when you're a 19 year old talking to people, be like, yeah, according to plan. It was like, Oh, what was the breaking point? What, what was the moment that you were like, no, uh, my aunt passed away. Well, I was not close with. I, on the deeply religious side of my family, uh, she passed away and she was like the bad aunt. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know for certain. I think it was drugs, uh, but I'm not like, they don't, like she got an infection from drugs and then like killed her in like four months. Ooh. It was like in out, just like suddenly gone kind of feeling like, oh, she's sick. And then it's like, oh, she's sick. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, like our closest thing was she liked South Park, which was like not really cool to do in that part of my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like, oh, you know, it just and at the funeral, I was watching uh, my my other aunt give one of the best eulogy, the best eulogy I've ever heard. It was incredible. It was moving. It let me know more about this person than I'd ever really known because I didn't know her as like, you know, a child and all this other. So I got to really have this full picture of this person. And at the same time, wish I'd gotten to know her better, which is, and but love her memory, which is everything a eulogy should do. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, the pastor got up and he's like, well, I, I didn't know Sue very well. She didn't really come to church. Uh, but, you know, I talked with her, you know, in the last months, you know, and really, I think we got her into heaven. So, you know, like, score one for the Jesus team. Uh, he didn't say that, obviously, but that's the vibe. That was the whole vibe of like, got her to heaven. I don't know what else you want from me. Don't really know this person. <laughs> But I was outraged, especially after this juxtaposition. And then I looked at my grandparents and they were like, better to heaven. We did our job. And I was just like, oh, some people need this. And I, I'm not one of them. And like, that was it. And you're like, I'm out. And it it snapped on me. It was very weird at that after lunch. Like when we're all just sitting there at lunch and I'm like, I'm an atheist now. I don't know how to tell you guys. I don't know if this is the right time. Uh, but uh, thanks to that pastor, but, uh, I am now full-blown atheist. Yeah. Oh, it, uh, it was the church that I went to school at, too. It was Full circle. Full fucking circle. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, not really about sex or dating, but that's how you get to the, be the point where all of a sudden you start questioning one thing. And then that's how I got into non-monogamy is from LARPing, live action role playing. Oh, OK. Because I call it a gateway weird. <laughs> when you do one thing that people go, don't do that. That's weird. Nobody will like you if you do that. And then you have blast doing it. You go, well, so what else is going to be like that? Yeah. What what else has everyone been like? No, 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 no. Because they're so afraid to go out of the norm and like live yeah. a fun life. And and there's just so many things like that. that like, But that's why like in like nerd communities, there's often a higher percentage of BDSM and non-monogamy because uh, like it's like, oh, well, I already play board games a lot. Like and. And also all like most nerds are as horny as everybody else. So they just start fucking each other. And like the and LARPing is like the reason I got laid. But I was like, yeah, and, like my first girlfriend was someone who I LARPed with. And like we did, like we didn't lose our virginity there, but like we were hooking up. We started hooking up mm-hmm. at one event. And then it was like, oh, I guess we're dating. Oh my God. I love this. Yeah. Oh man. I, 
truly could talk about this for hours. I feel like it's so easy to talk with you. I'm so sad to <laughs> to slowly end this episode. You'll definitely have to come back, but this it's was fine. amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I had a blast. This was great. great. Oh my God. Yeah. And I just think it was a very like informative and like interesting conversation, especially when people like um just don't know that much about non-monogamy or like, you know, where to start, what what's it about. Like where to, where to even go with it? And it's literally I'm watching a wave happen right now. Mm. It's really cool. Of like, especially I'm mostly on field at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh used to be Thrinder. I I know you know. I'm just saying oh no, save for save for people for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 uh it's an app where it allows you to have a profile with your partner, um, if you want, and also uh just it's generally just more sex positive. Like people are open about kinks people are open about what they're into in a way that you're not going to find on tinder for the most mm-hmm. part or like it's also the only dating app that hasn't tried warned me or banned me for using the phrase uh i'm in therapy but i'll choke you like i'm not oh my god which is my favorite it's my favorite thing i've ever written i love that i love it use it in your profile if you want if you're listening to this but you have to uh credit me at some point with it make a follow me on instagram it's fine whatever yes and i'm where can where can people follow you on the socials oh uh dpic comedy dpic comedy which and dick pic comedy if that's easier to remember i didn't do it on purpose like like that's your first and last name (laughs) dpic yeah david pickle but i wanted to make it as easy dpic comedy uh or piccolo mini p-i-c-c-o-l-o-m-e-a-n-y because that's how people were spelling it phonetically. <laughs> if you spell it my, if you spell my last name either way, it'll like however you try and spell it. Usually, it shows up. Oh my god, amazing! Just do your best. But I tried to SEO different ways to spell my name into my social media so that people would find Please me when they can't. So pop up. Spell Piccolo Mini, and uh, I will have an album out. Uh, pro- possibly by the time this comes out, or very shortly after, and I'll post about it everywhere all the time. Called uh, it'll be called Goblin King, probably based on some of my LARPing experiences. Oh my God, fuck yeah. Okay, cool. Oh my God. But yeah, if you want to hear some real bad dating stories, that album's got one where uh, a woman did so many edibles that she, uh, I had to call an ambulance. So. Holy shit. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> well, this was amazing. Um, You're definitely coming back for sure. We have so much more Thank to talk you. about. Like this was, oh, this yeah. flew, like I can't believe an hour has gone by. Like this flew by. We didn't even talk about, we didn't even scratch the surface of all the weird bad dates and crazy. Yeah, oh, I can't, not even I close. can't wait. I cannot wait. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, remember to rate, like, subscribe, review, share, or download, whatever you want. Sometimes you just go crazy when you record, and I don't know how else to describe what just happened there for myself, um, as I'm literally just, like, holding my right boob in my hand, microphone in the left, how far we've come with remote recording, y'all. It's wild. Um, remember, if you are going to be in the UK and want to see Awkward Sex and See IRL, you can also get those tickets online you can find them on my social medias or if you go to just the tonic um my i'm so sorry i feel like i'm falling apart you can find my show there for tickets as well and i'll see you all next week okay bye